Hello listener, welcome to Switch It and Breathe. I know what you're thinking, we're only a week into October, surely there's some cricket being staged in England somewhere. But no, as Blur once sang, it looks like we might have made it to the end. The messy bun fight that was the summer of 2021 is over, and all we have are the memories, as well as the promise of more, always more, next year. Of course, there's also a bit of a gap in the schedule because England's men and women should have been preparing right now to make their way to Pakistan. Uh, but more on that in a bit. Uh, joining me to flog the horse are two men who have looked England's schedule square in the eye and stared it down more than once before. ESPN Crick Info UK editor Andrew Miller and senior correspondent George DeBell. Uh, good to see you, gents. Miller, uh, presumably the chill felt in your various knacked joints informs you of the uh, onset of autumn these days. I think that's just the hangover from the cricket riders' dinner, to be perfectly honest. But uh, <laughs> but yes, um, yeah, very much. The, the, you know, the pumpkins are in the shops, and my daughter's birthday is around the corner, which means it must be uh, must be October. And uh, yeah, it's never my favourite month. I bloody hate Halloween. But um, yeah, having 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 a chance to breathe after the season is uh, isn't uh, isn't the worst thing. So yeah. Um, a little, little bit, a little bit of respite before chaos un- unleashes itself in the UAE in a few weeks' time. Yeah, um, of course, uh, George. The uh, cup runneth over on 2021 to the extent that the India series looks like it won't be finished until 2022. Um, to riff on your uh, speech at the Cricket Writers Club, uh, that's a bonus for the players. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, look, I don't know if it's a bonus for the players. I mean, obviously, it's um, uh, far from ideal. But actually, I think that's probably the best answer to the question that was posed when they went home, when India went home. It seems, you know, the game gets played. Uh, it's very bad for the spectators, but at least uh, financially, the broadcaster and the host venue should uh, just about be satisfied. Um, and of course, the the cricket news never stops. Um, Miller, there's been a significant development at the ECB already today, uh, with with the announcement that Ian Watmore has gone after serving one year of a five year term as chairman of the board. Uh, live, lively uh, start to, uh, to to this uh, Thursday. <laughs> Well, isn't it just? I mean, it was Mike Atherton who was who was who was writing pretty scathing terms at the beginning of the month as, as Ian Watmore been living under a rock in the last few weeks. He, he basically, there was well, there was a, a feisty meeting, let's say, of, of the chief executives, and um, it didn't seem like he quite had his brief. And obviously, there's the debacle of, uh, of Pakistan. We'll come to that, but in short, an absolute preposterous decision to pull out for the reasons they did, and the lack of meaning, the lack of. Um, Response from the ECB was glaring for for several you know days and hours until Watmore's apology uh, popped up and again he, he apologised for things that weren't you know weren't quite the issue. Um, so yeah, you know poor chap. I guess he was appointed thinking that uh, this was a bit of a rescuer at the age of sixty three. He can uh, you know do a bit of glad handing in in a, in a few corporate boxes and uh, present a few trophies here and there. Instead, he's had a pandemic to deal with. He's had uh, the Ashes crisis to deal with. He's had the in- India pullout to deal with. He's had the Ben Stokes injury to deal with. He's had you know all manner of all manner of stuff has been hitting the proverbial um, throughout his his year in charge. Um, it's yeah, it's been more than he's bargained for, I suspect, and um, yeah, uh, dramatic, dramatic developments. <laughs> Indeed, um, George, ha- had there been uh, any any whispers of this? So, and is it time to uh, to you know to get Colin Graves uh, on the phone? And- 
<laughs> save our game. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if he was keen. Um, <laughs> uh, d- d- uh, funnily enough, I suggested to somebody yesterday on the phone that history might repeat itself because Watmore had had a very brief period, 11 mm. months or so at the FA. Uh, and, um, yeah, and uh, I-, I may have stepped down for similar reasons, actually. I, I think that... Um, there's an under i think there's some health issues maybe so there's probably some sensitivity required when talking about it i'm not saying he's he's terribly unwell or anything but i think that the role has taken a lot out of him he's in his 60s he did have heart issues a few years ago um i thought he had an absolute shocker with pakistan but as someone who's dealt with a few ecb chairs now i thought he was a thoroughly decent well-meaning guy uh and I'm actually sorry to see him go. Uh, you finally find one you can deal with and get on with, <laughs> have a beer <laughs> with, and off they go. So, um, uh, yeah, it, I, I, I think what might have happened is that he's thrown himself into it. It's worn him, changed him. None of us make great decisions when tired. Uh, he's had a few bad weeks. Uh, the game have got fed up with him. And unlike his predecessors, who had these very thick hides, you know, were incapable of really seeing themselves as anything other than infallible, he has uh, accepted that he's made some mistakes. And uh, I think his decency uh, is, is part of the issue, part of the reason he's gone. As I understand it, he was, you know, they said, is this working? And he said, no. There we go. Well, admirable honesty. His the the statement uh, put out, I think, did refer to uh, him having retired recently and also become a grandfather as well. So, yeah, as you say, um, put some personal issues at play there, and it and it does um, segue into this uh, into the recent events surrounding the England team. Um, as Miller, you touched on, quite quite a, a tumultuous year, you know, one one after the other as they come. But um, the the ongoing uncertainty over the Ashes, uh, um, but particularly that decision. Um, over not to this is not to send men's and women's tours to Pakistan. Um, that I mean, it, it emerged. Watmore himself, I think, said that the board had made that call uh, without consulting the players. Um, the suggestion had been that player welfare was was very much key to all this, um, and it, it, it uh, is a decision that was roundly criticised. I mean, uh, obviously, at the time, Pakistan were aghast. Uh, New Zealand had just pulled out um, themselves over a a sort of unspecified security threat. Um, But even this week, Michael Holding, who who was an award winner at the the Cricket Writers Club, um, again, condemned the short-sightedness of that decision. Yeah, it was, it was it was an egregious decision on so many levels. I mean, you know, to to go back to the beginning of all of this, it was when it was first mooted that England might send a team out to Pakistan. It was very much as a gesture, very much a goodwill tour. It was potential that you know someone like Moeen Ali say might lead a C team just because of the schedules being as they were. They were rammed. That was, this is all, this is I think pre COVID. The initial idea was to send a team. Um, but the point was, it was never intended as being the sort of bells and whistles, full on, full on tour. The preparation for the World T Twenty, which I think was one of the excuses they gave for for, for not sending, it's not a good preparation. That was never kind of the point. The point was to to get cricket back into Pakistan after fifteen, sixteen years now, uh, and also to say thank you, a very, very heartfelt thank you to a team that has bailed England out more than once. They've been they've been in touring England five summers out of six. Uh, so, admittedly, some of those have been ICC events, but 
They came last summer at a time when, Christ, most teams, most teams wouldn't wouldn't go. You certainly wouldn't find us. Australia did come, but you don't find Australia tour in the world uh, gladly helping out people left, right, and centre, do you? And and England, likewise, have have shown a, a, a lack of lack of gratitude, frankly. And you consider how long the Ashes um, negotiations are rumbling on. We you know we think we've got a green light, but still no still no final say on that. You know, trying to make sure that tick every single box possible. All they had to do was tick box for four days to get out there. Fly in, fly out, have presidential levels of security, have an incredibly grateful nation say, thanks so much for coming. We really do appreciate this, even though it's a drop in the ocean compared to what we've done for you in the last few years. Um, and they pull out, and not even on security grounds, they pull out on slightly spurious welfare grounds, which, you know, let's not be let's not beat around the bush. The, the player welfare is a big issue, but is it such a big issue that you'd basically say a blanket nope to anybody saying, you know what, I, I actually fancy a tour. I'd be up for that. I could go. England rolled out a C team to play against Pakistan on home soil last summer. It was probably the most uplifting sight of the summer, albeit Ben Stokes was brought back too soon. But, you know, that 3-0 victory with, you know, John Simpson and Go having their moment in the sun, it, it was it was genuinely moving at times, I thought, to, to watch the, uh, the, the ability that with which the show was able to go on um, in spite of um, difficult times. And, you know, God knows Pakistan have had enough of those. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been to Pakistan twice. I've toured there in 2000, again in 2005, the last time England were out there. I've always said, I still say, it is, I think it's my favourite place to tour on earth. Um, I love it out there. It's just, it is a different culture, but it's a very welcoming, hospitable culture. And without exception, everybody you meet out there, or certainly I've met, has been so, so pleased to see you. So pleased to, to get the, the largesse of, of the, of these Western nations coming over to, to say hello. It, 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 it's, it, it should be humbling, frankly. And England really should be more grateful for, for having a country and, and an ECB currently, um, that, that are, that are willing to go the extra mile for them. Um, it was, it was a poor decision. Yeah. And I mean, what Ian Watmore to to return to him uh, gave an interview. Uh, he spoke on on the subject shortly after, and he was um, re- suggesting that he couldn't have been expected to know that the US were pulling out of Afghanistan, among other things. Uh, when I believe that was something that the Trump administration had had signalled, um, he got sort of pelted for that. George, you were uh, you know rightly critical of of um, the ECB and particularly kind of failure to recognise the debt um, that they owed Pakistan cricket, I suppose, for, for what happened um, 12 months earlier. Um, it, it, it doesn't all come down to, to a decision made by Ian Watmore, um, no. I presume. Uh, but did, did the ECB realise sort of how badly they misstepped here, do you think? I don't think there's been any acknowledgement of that <laughs> until this moment, really. Um I don't under quite understand, or I mean, maybe we shouldn't think that Ian Watmore is just carrying the can for that decision because I, I don't think he should be. Mm. Uh, he is chair of the ECB after all, or was. Uh, he's not chief executive, and I would have thought these decisions are more in the remit of the chief exec. Um, I see the board took responsibility, but I, you know, having spoken to a few people subsequently, they still say they couldn't have got the players on the plane. So either while the PCA and TEP are saying that they, there was no formal um, indication from them, mm. all the rumblings were negative. 
So I think it would be a bit disingenuous just to say Ian Watmore decided. He's not that guy for a start. He is, you know, much more gentle and consensual and data-led. Um, and I think it's a bit unfortunate uh, that he is carrying the can for the whole organisation in that regard. You know, the board is not very effective. The board made a poor decision. But what your executives doing? I mean, they're terrifically well paid. What are they doing if they're not making these decisions? What, why are you leaving it to, to you know, part-timers? Who, who you know, mm. some of them have got very little uh, history of cricket. So there, there are actually quite a lot of questions I still have about what happened. But they contend still that they couldn't have got enough players to go. Now, I suspect that's not true. You know, I suspect that, you know, we, we could together come up with a... Uh, a side that would have gone, a men's side in particular. And then they say that they were worried about the integrity of the sport because the depth in the women's game in particular isn't obviously uh, as great as the men's game at present. Um, but I don't know that the integrity of the sport was a huge issue midway through the summer when they ended up playing a second or third team against Pakistan and it won. Um, I don't remember anyone raising that as a problem. As Miller says, it was kind of fun. Um, look, I think they should have gone four or five days they didn't quite blame it on security. They didn't quite blame it on mental health. It was a bit of everything and a lot of nothing. <laughs> and I think in the end, they were very surprised uh, about the backlash. They thought they could get away with it. And uh, they've been criticised a lot more than they thought. So, um, you know, uh, we live and learn. Uh, wouldn't it be interesting if, say, um, Wazim... Uh, became, say, chief executive of the ECB, <laughs> and it's up to him this time next year whether an England team travels to Pakistan, and he's dealing well, with Ramiz Raja, <laughs> who basically just pushed him out. Well, I was going to say that's uh, yeah one of the uh, the unfortunate uh, knock on effects, or well, whether whether they're sort of inextricably linked or not. But wasn't well, no, I don't think it leaving. is actually. That's I think that's worth saying because yeah, uh, what, uh, what's uh, happened he was there expecting is... to be the sort of you know have have secured the return of England to yeah, Pakistan and I'm sure he would have stayed on and... for that. But yeah. what you've seen there is an executive chair in Pakistan make decisions which make uh, the position of a uh, uh, chief executive impossible. Uh, we've sort of seen the opposite here. We've seen a chief executive disappear. Mm. I mean, people are calling Ian Watmore Invisible Ian. What about Invisible Tom? Who, who Look supposedly up on went Google. on holiday the day that the call was made. Is That's right. Look up on Google how many times <laughs> he's done press conferences to how many times there have been sightings of the Loch Ness Monster in the last year. <laughs> it's the same, honestly. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm sure uh, uh, Tom Harrison has got a lot on his plate too. Um, the 100 didn't invent itself after all. Um, and, and well, one of the other things that we're here to discuss, the, the ashes, the ongoing sort of back and forth over that. Um, Miller, you've, you've sort of um, touched on the fact that England seem to be uh, heading towards a, a, you know, a green light there. The, the I mean, needs to be at the start of this week put out a statement saying... Um, that you know the decision was still to be made, and 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 they were wanting to send a team that was sort of befitting uh, of the 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 uh, magnitude of the occasion, and so on, uh, which which seemed to be possibly preparing the the, the ground for uh, uh, reasons to to pull out if they couldn't um, get a, a first choice squad on the plane, and and when you know we, we remains to be seen whether one or two players do opt out. Um, it sounds as if reports are that that Joe Root is uh, is committed or set to commit to the tour and that will uh, pull a lot of others in behind him 
Um, Joss, Joss Butler seems to be the name that uh, is, is most often mentioned as, as wavering. But um, we, yeah, a, a, a decision is due on that. I mean, what more? Ian Watmore's departure might might just um, hold up the rubber stamping. But we are we are beginning to think we will have a, an Ashes uh, tour to cover this winter. It does it does begin to feel that way, doesn't it? But um, yeah, it was interesting. I spoke to Root last week. Um, he did a press conference and in which you could almost see him second-guessing himself every time he tried to speak because every word he used was, I'm desperate. I'm really desperate to play. I'm really desperate to go out. I'm really desperate to carry on my amazing run of form. I'm desperate to play in what could be my final Ashes tour. You know, all these all these different reasons why he was desperate. But when push came to shove, so are you going? Are you going, Joe? Oh, I couldn't possibly say. I mean, you know, clearly his his hands are a little bit tied by the collective bargaining that's been going on for, for the England players to get what they need to get out of this. Now, I'm in two minds. Genuinely, I'm in two minds about where England's players stand on all this. Um, on the one hand, of course, you know, I'd love to see the Ashes go ahead. But on the other hand, you know, you, you look at look at what's going on in Australia. Look at the, 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 the humongous difference between what we've got going on in this country, whereby, you know, arguably we've opened up the country too soon. But at the same time, normality does seem to be filtering back in. And then you look over there and suddenly you get a case of four cases in the whole of Queensland and you've got a team fleeing Queensland for fear of a lockdown being Tasmania in this case. But that could so easily be England, you know. What happens if England suddenly get a, get a COVID outbreak within their squad? You know, is everyone on, under house arrest for the foreseeable? I mean, these, these, are, these are issues that, that all seem to be so, so haphazard and, 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 and there's, there's no central authority for Australia because of the, because of the federal state divide. Um, you know, the, you, you, you try to cross the border into Western Australia, 14 days quarantine, mandatory, because they're not going to open up their borders till what, February, I think, so after, after the test match. So that, that Perth test still in doubt. It sounds like um, Victoria and, and New South Wales are starting to open up, but my brother-in-law, he lives in Melbourne. I mean, he's basically been under under lock and key for eight months. Um, it, it, it's, it's just it's just a nonsense. Um, I don't blame the players for thinking, you know what, for all that we'd love to play in an Ashes series, is now really the moment? Um, you know, do is this really a sufficiently normal scenario for us to to try to play normal cricket? Uh, I I'm, I do have sympathy with with them for thinking, you know what. I'd rather come back when my mind's clear, when the schedule's well, the schedule's never clear, but you know, uh, when 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 there's an opportunity to really focus, get you know, get the preparation, get your match practice in. All of these, you know, the last time England went out there in 2010-11, it was almost like a military campaign with with Andrew Strauss <coughs> land, landing his landing his men in Perth months in advance to acclimatise, then then touring around doing doing three or four warm up games in pretty much each of the each of the venues they were going to be playing. Um, give give Australia a thumping in Tasmania just for good measure, uh, and then roll into Brisbane and and start what turned out to be a, a historic campaign. Uh, you're not going to get any of that this time. There'll be a bit of intra squad knockarounds with the Lions, and then sort of roll into play a team that well Australia haven't. Well, they played four Test matches. What was the what's the, what's the killer stat? Be, in sort of two and a half years. Some of that. They the only away Test since they the pandemic played began. The only away test they played since 2018 <laughs> were the Ashes in 2019. It's absolutely extraordinary. Mm, you, you mm. got you got someone like Tim Payne pip squeaking away and saying that you know you, we'll, we'll play anyone, mate. You never play anyone. You never you never go anywhere. You don't don't start lecturing England about about sitting tight and being a little bit cautious about going abroad. Uh, you know, get yourself on a plane, go and play that test series against against uh, South Africa that you you decided was was possibly uh, beyond your remit last year. You know. 
there are a lot of people, a lot of people have been at fault. And broadly speaking, it's been uh, the Western bloc, uh, to put, to use Ramiz Raj's uh, words here. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot of favours have been left out there uh, to be, to be, to be cashed back in by the likes of England and Australia in particular. Uh, so yeah, this, this particular tour, given how easily you can fob off Pakistan and, and as George pointed out, try to pretend it never happened. I, I, part of me <coughs> thinks, you know what? I would love to see the players just dig their heels and say, you know what? We are fobbing off the ashes for this winter. We're not ready to play this series. Just sort yourselves out. Come on, have a word with yourself. Sort out the future tours program. Let's, let's get to a position whereby, you know, it's not, the fact that the players have to keep touring around the world, playing India for five tests, playing Australia for five tests, playing India for another five tests to keep the economy going. Uh, if, you know, if the world economy can be reset by COVID, perhaps the cricket economy needs to be reset by COVID and, and you know, try to try to do this properly. Anyway, those. <laughs> it's all up for grabs, frankly. <laughs> we're into levelling up territory and, and so on. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, yes, Tim Tim Payne's uh, Ashes Gauntlet. They're they're going ahead, whether uh, Joe is here or not. Rather like being savaged by a quacker, uh, <laughs> I thought. But um, I mean, uh, George, there there are sort of two hundred million uh, Aussie dollar reasons why the tour probably will go ahead. Uh, I, I guess, um, and it um, the, the the big sticking point, as much as players in bubbles and so on uh, fatigue is something we're, we're used to discussing but it's the family side of it it seems for a lot of the England players you, you know young fathers several of them um, and the asking their wife and children to come over and do that quarantine as well I, our former colleague Dan Brettig reported the, this week that a, a, a Victoria country club was being sort of offered up as the bait for the sort of soft quarantine um, ahead of uh, ahead of the Boxing Day or Christmas I suppose uh, in Oz but um, is it, does it seem that, that it, it is moving in that direction um, yeah not least because of the big hole it would leave in cricket <laughs> Australia's finances yeah I'm sure I'm sure we'll get an ashes um, I'm, I'm yeah I'm positive of it really so I, I think that uh, there, there was a, a sentence at the end of that ECB press release, wasn't there, that said uh, the board will make a decision. I honestly think that was just there to put Tim Payne back in his box. <laughs> I really didn't think it was, uh, you know, just just remember who makes this decision, Tim. Cheers. Um, and, um, and it has. Uh, you know, he's been quiet ever since, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, well, I'm not sure anyone's asked him the questions, but yeah. Well, he, he's you know, uh, he, he seems none, yeah. He, anyway, um, none, I, I, none of I the Aussie players know, are playing cricket either, are they? This year, I don't know why he would have. I don't know why he would have made such a sort of hubristic, uh, unhelpful comment because it's uh, as Miller said, you, you don't, you'd have to have a heart of rock not to have some sympathy for what these guys have got to go through and their families have got to go through. Um, they're big decisions. They're difficult decisions, and um, the bargaining has been uh, such that um, yeah, they they have won some concessions, I think, and so they should. I mean, I, you know, there'll be people in Australia thinking, "Well, this is incredibly unfair. We can't see our family," and they're right. But I don't think that's England's cricketers' fault. You know, they are separate issues. You could have a very different um, attitude to all sorts of things about COVID. Uh, but still want the... Look, the Ashes continues, I'm sure, because um, Cricket Australia will be all but bankrupt if it doesn't. And I don't think they have the relationship with their broadcast partners to to mm. get through in the way that England maybe did with uh, the Sky in particular, uh, the ECB rather. So, um, 
there, there are different. Yeah, basically, uh, sadly, it it is all about servicing the broadcast deal, isn't it? And there are lots of good reasons why it uh, should be delayed or postponed. Uh, lots of good reasons, but the broadcast beast needs feeding. And that is always the priority in cricket, whether it should be or not. You know, that's a philosophical question for someone far more intelligent <laughs> than me. But the, yeah. the basic um, economic point is is that. So, th- and that's why it'll happen, and that's why there'll be very few people pulling out. Um, uh, yeah, and well, and on on the the subject of people pulling out, I mean, Miller, we ha- we effectively have had a, a sort of. Um, Ashes induced retirement, or at least they're they're um, linked in in one way or another. I mean, uh, Moeen Ali didn't have a, a happy trip down under four years ago. Um, he the last couple of years for England in Tests have been uh, somewhat turbulent. Uh, so it, it is a shame that he has um, brought the curtain down there. Uh, I mean, he, he talked about losing losing the, the 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 enthusiasm for it really or not being fully on it uh when he made his comeback um this summer in the india series um he will still be involved in 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 the white ball teams the the, the not least with the, the t20 world cup starting in a couple of weeks um and uh and and presumably we have plenty more to give there um albeit that england tend to, tend to mess him around regardless of the format <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's a it's a shame that that uh, Moeen and, and Tess Whites have, have uh, parted company. Yes, it, it is. I mean, um, I don't know. That's that tour in t- last time around, twenty seventeen eighteen. What was what was the average? Twenty with the bat, um, hundred and fifteen, I think, with the ball. I think uh, I think he got roughed up by the quicks, and then Nathan Lyon locked him <laughs> off seven innings. Seven innings out of nine. It was. It was just miserable viewing. I mean, it was pretty miserable viewing throughout, and I include Alistair Cook's double century in that. But, um, but no, it was. He looked like a guy who just was fed up of playing Australia. Frankly, he clearly has never. I don't think he ever really enjoyed. He got the got the better of them, didn't he, in, in Cardiff in twenty in uh, twenty fifteen. Even you know, that was the test in which you know he was called Osama uh, allegedly, uh, and you know I'm not convinced he's in, he's entirely enjoyed the experience of playing Australia, the the the, the cut and thrust, the full bloodedness of it all. Um, but no, we'll miss him, won't we? I mean, you know, George obviously uh, was 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 heavily involved in the, in 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 the circumstances of of his his, his announcement and uh, got a great exclusive with him in which you know he he sort of acknowledged that you know he was he was wasted but in a good way. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't deny that when he was good, he was brilliant. I mean, the, the performances he put in in 2017, for instance, in that in that series at home against South Africa, uh, you know, including a hat trick, but that wasn't even, frankly, the high point of it. it was, there were so many other moments in which he was blazing either the bat or just ripping through the ball. And he's come back in 2018 at uh, uh, the Aegeus Bowl, nine wickets, and and even in Chennai, not not so long ago, you know, he got he got his eight wickets. He didn't. Uh, he didn't um, get them in quite such a parsimonious manner as uh, as um, Ashwin for India, and as a consequence, England never quite got close. But you know, to come out of out of the winter he'd had, quarantine, lockdown, all the rest of it, his COVID diagnosis, and then come back out and put in a performance that you know was as good as any England spinner was likely to produce in the current circumstances. Um, no, it's magnificent. So I don't know. You know, to go back to your original point. I don't know whether Moeen would have been a factor in this coming series anyway, simply because, you know, he was such a such a non-event last time around. 
I, I honestly, I, I never really envisaged him being a being a big factor if he did go out there. Um, you know, that's that, that's that's purely speculation, really. But um, I witnessed, you know, the the. the the, I don't know the lugubriousness of his performances on that on that trip. He looked like a man who was just 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 fed up with this. <laughs> and, and 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 why wouldn't he be? It was didn't seem like a fun trip for many of England players, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, um, I think well, <coughs> George, you, you said bef- before uh, that you had doubts whether Moeen would want to go uh, to uh, to Australia again. Um, that 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 line in 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 that in a very good interview um, with Moeen wasted, but in a good way. It, but passingly, you reminded me of a. I think you were involved with Paul Smith's autobiography. That was presumably <laughs> wasted in a bad way. But uh... it was wasted? Question mark. Paul's, <laughs> Paul's autobiography, and I, I think I saw some wasted in a not great way. People on Tuesday. <laughs> That's well, <also> true. Yes. <laughs> anyway, look, I, I was, I was really but, I mean, sorry. Uh, the, I, I thought the got, line that uh, about the not getting a, a central contract in 2019 was particularly poignant, saying that that, that broke him a bit. Yeah, and he meant it too. So, I had this hope that he would go back to Australia, and he would be really prepared uh, mentally and physically, and he would put that right. Because I, th- I still think at his absolute best. His game could have worked there. I know that finger spinners' records in Australia aren't great, but but at his best, he does get drift. He does get dip. You know, he's not necessarily reliant on the pitches. Um, and obviously, it would have been difficult. So, what happened last time is he, and it is partly a conditioning thing. I'm afraid to say he turned up and he hadn't done a lot of work ahead of the tour. That's fine. It's a long start to the tour, and he and he ripped his fingers. Do you remember? On the Kookaburra mm. scene, yeah, and and he had the most horrendous blisters. I, I remember having a I don't know, where were we? We were in Adelaide. We went for a cup of coffee, and I it looked like he needed to be an A and E. And and he kept playing and kept bowling, so they never really. The point being that I like would I hoped that he would have learned from that, and that he would have been spending these weeks sort of ripping the ball in his fingers. That's all you need to do. He just needs to be in his hotel room doing it all the time, hardening up that skin. And he would have gone there able to at least show what he can do. I just That's the frustration that on that tour, he gave such a poor account of his uh, ability. Uh, and it's partly, you know, he had a side strain as well. I don't want to make excuses for him, although I am, aren't I? Uh, but, <laughs> but he did have a side strain and, he, and, and they did keep playing him because they had decided not to take Jack Leach on the tour, who was originally selected by James Whitaker, and then the coach and uh, captain said, "Now nah, we want we want someone with a bit more bite." So they went for Mason Crane. So Mason Crane turns up. He's what twenty one. Uh, Moen's injured, and they say to Moen, "Well, I think you better play because Mason's twenty one, and we don't want to throw him in at Brisbane." So then Moen plays when he's injured, makes himself more injured, doesn't really say anything because he doesn't want to because he's that sort of guy, and has this awful tour, really, nowhere around it, where you can see, I, I, I think it was pretty obvious with Mo when, when his confidence was eroded, wasn't it? Uh, and you could see his confidence just ebb, ebb, ebb until it was actually painful to watch. Uh, but that's what happened. There was a context. There were reasons, and I really hoped that I was going to be able to persuade him <laughs> to, to go and give it another go and, and, and be the cricketer he could be there, and you know. But he didn't actually ask me my opinion. <laughs> he, he, um, <laughs> when, when the chat happened, and it was a day or two, and I think actually it was his dad who phoned me, a day or two before the Manchester test that didn't happen, 
Um, he had made up his mind. The, the, you know, at, at that stage, when you realise it's just time to say well done and move on, isn't it? It's uh, there, there was no point trying to uh, persuade him. Uh, and it wasn't that he didn't want to go back to Australia and play cricket there. It wasn't that he was worried about losing. He's, 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 not, he's really, that's not it. It's that he, he has been struggling. That, that line he said about being on a different path, he's, it's not that he, he, he said he, was, he really liked his test colleagues. He was enjoying the dressing room, but he just wasn't playing a lot of first-class cricket anymore. That game in Chennai, I think that was his first first-class game since he was dropped in the 2019 Ashes. That's almost 18 months. And he got he would have had a ten for if England could catch. So um, he he just yeah as I said, it was a different path, struggling to concentrate in the field, knowing that he wasn't as good a player at Test level as he should have been. You know, knowing he hadn't worked on the skills as much, and he can do these short term assignments which are more fun, where he doesn't isn't away from his family as much. He has got kids one uh, one of them at, uh, at school <clears throat> age. It is very very difficult that that game in Chennai I know his his son was on FaceTime every night saying when are you coming home when are you coming home when are you coming home these things are really really difficult so I don't think it was just about um, you know being worried about the cricket or challenging though that would have been no doubt it really was about well can I be away for four months at this stage of my career and do I need it he doesn't really need it financially he doesn't really need it in terms of, you know, he's taken 195 test wickets. I mean, you know, I, honestly, no one who knew him when he was growing up thought that was going to happen. <laughs> I, I, I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if he had scored 5,000 test runs and he's averaged, he's finished with an average of 28. It's going to pain me to like die in day. It's like, did Graham Hick average 31 in his test career or something? something like that, yeah. That's still smarts <laughs> as well. And I think Mark Ramprakash is 27. I mean, Lord, these things still hurt. Uh, because they were all so much better than that. You know, we know that, uh, but ultimately the records don't lie. And uh, I think most people would agree. I know he does. There are some people who really uh, don't warm to mowing. Um, but I think a lot of people uh, enjoyed him hugely. You know, took a lot of pleasure from uh, when he was good because it was so joyful and so uh, unlikely at times, you know. Uh Anyway, I, I, I do feel a bit as if it's not completely fulfilled because if you remember that test... Uh, 2014 wasn't it when he got that uh, his second test made 100 against Sri Lanka he was a proper test batter you know he he looked like I don't know David Milan or someone he, you know so you mm. could compare to that and and that's what he could and should have been uh, ultimately the individual always has to take responsibility I guess but I do think we can probably learn from the way he was treated and he always seemed to be the guy to make way so um, yeah look I, I'm really sorry to see him go uh, I, I think our cricket will be a little less fun without him um our test cricket will be a little less fun without him but uh, you know it was great when it lasted a lot of fun yeah and uh, i think um i think i'm right saying he does still average more than david milan in, in test cricket for the moment so oh it's kind and, of 20, and mark rampakash then yeah <laughs> and mark rampakash yeah well um, you know and, and, and who which spinners took more wickets for england is, is it only underwood and swan yeah two more yeah um exactly um Incredible. Uh, those two he, he went past laker in his in his final test, I think. So and he's and he's won a you know he's won a World Cup and maybe <clears> there's another one to come. So um, yeah, that's boy done good, hasn't he? Yeah, I, 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 I think I think we. And on a real basic level, yeah, he genuinely they were very very poor as a family. They really were uh, very very uh, they really struggled. And now he's you know 
he's a millionaire and he's looking after a lot of people and he's making he gives a lot of money away which he'll be angry if I mention but he does uh, because he's a very kind-hearted man so just on a basic level he's made a massive difference in his community and to his family I mean it's a, it it really should be nothing but a, a, an unabashed success story really it, it, it's a fantastic tale of rags to riches, uh, and, and and in a way, I should have talked about that much more than the, you know, the the, the minor regrets about uh, what uh, the runs he might have scored. Uh, yeah, I think most English fans will say that they're going to miss him. Uh, lovely man, of course. Um, and what you know, what is an English cricketer uh, without having been uh, smashed around Australia at some point? Mm. Um, <laughs> on to on to actually, can I, can I just can I just tell you one thing? Yeah. I, I, I actually did say to him a little while ago. We are going back a couple of years. But I said to him, I think you're giving away too much money. And he said, great answer. Because he was, though. He was like, you know, um, it was crazy. And he said, I don't need a yacht. I thought it was a great answer. <laughs> you don't yeah. really need one on the canals in Birmingham. He is right. But um, <laughs> I just, it, it was just, it was pushing me back in my, in my place uh, very nicely. And of course, he's right. And what do I know? Uh, indeed, yeah. I mean, uh, I, 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 I'm sure Moeen, uh, you know, captain sat at the prow of a yacht would look a magnificent sight, but uh, <laughs> not, not if he doesn't want one. Would he crash um, into the rocks? He might well, mightn't he? Going too fast. Uh, yeah, I don't know what kind of a sailor he is. Uh, <laughs> um, on, to, on to matters more parochial then. Um, there has been a bit of cricket, uh, inevitably, since we, we last got together, despite the cancellation of a test match. The uh, championship season... Uh, came to its conclusion the Bob Willis trophy was held um, at Lords maybe for the last time who knows um, <laughs> George George you were there for that game um, which which dribbled over into October uh, I'm you know a, a double for Warwickshire I'm, I'm sure that um, there are worse things that you've had to report on but um, how, how was that experience that the showpiece was it super September it was billed as uh, at one stage um, <laughs> Do you do you foresee us uh, that trophy being contested uh, much in the future? Well, not certainly not in that way. Look, I think there are a couple of things. One, there's a reason why we haven't been playing professional <laughs> cricket in October in, in England. Uh, I, I, you know that hadn't happened for 150 years, and there's a good reason. The other thing that I think is really interesting is <coughs> a month or so ago, the counties were very supportive of a continuation of the conference system, and now they've gone the other way. You know, we are returning to divisions, whether it's next year or the year after. I actually, I think we'll probably know today, maybe tomorrow. So, um, uh, you know, there, there's a reason why they came to those decisions. I just don't think it worked. And I definitely don't think the Bob Willis Trophy worked this year. It was terrific last year. It was just, it was, it was the perfect answer mm. to an impossibly difficult situation. But we mustn't let sentiment and respect and affection for the great fellow that Bob Willis was get in the way. Uh, because he wouldn't want that. I'm absolutely sure that he, he wouldn't want more cricket to be squeezed in at the end of a season. That's the last thing that Bob Willis was about. So um, maybe there'd be a way of incorporating the name uh, of the charitable stuff around the season opening game, you know, wherever that is. It doesn't have to be at Lords. It could be in Dubai or... Although Lord knows that we've had enough cricket there, right? Or, or, or the Caribbean, whatever. You can still have that season opener, the Champion County game. Maybe the name could be incorporated and the trophy could be incorporated into that. That seems like a nice idea to me. But uh, no, I thought it was just as well that Warwickshire won because I thought it would have diluted a little bit the value of the championship win. 
Uh, and it felt a lot as if people were going through the motions. Not least, and we should have learned this lesson from years before, if you insert a team at 10.30 in the morning, <laughs> late September, <laughs> the game is a farce. And we've seen that, we saw this for years and years with all those sort of NatWest or Gillette Trophy finals when a, you know, Steve Jeffries or Glenn Chappell or someone would, would bowl a side out in the first hour and it was just it was nonsense. Well, that's what happened. This game was defined in the first, what was it, 40 minutes? What, what were they? 12 for 6? 12 for 6, yeah. The, and from then on, you're <laughs> just... Over. It, over. It, then it's just accountancy. You know, you're just making sure everything tallies. It, it was absolutely <laughs> inevitable from then and just held up by, you know, freezing, cold, dark, wet weather. It wasn't a feast of cricket. It wasn't a celebration. Um, I, I always hate that time of year because uh, I hate cricket finishing. I mean, it's a bit different now because I get to go watch it a bit more in the in the winter. But I, I really get the county cricket lovers a melancholy at that time of year. I really do. I think, you know, we probably all do. Mm. Um but I, what, I don't think that's the answer. Just playing more isn't the answer. Let's make what we have just just great. Anyway, so, no, I think that's it. We tried it. It's gone. Done. Thanks. Yeah, um, as you say, Warwickshire uh, backed up their, um, their the winning a trophy the week before. I mean, Miller, that was, um, uh, the, the, I think, a more um, widely recognised scenes of, of um, joy and, uh, and uh, enthusiasm for, uh, you know, the championship being decided on the final day of the season. Um, it was kind of in the balance because uh, Lancashire had, uh, I think the day before, pulled off a narrow victory over Hampshire. Hampshire had won and they might have been champions for the first time since the 70s. Um, Lancashire won by one wicket, which put them, uh, you know, in, in pole position. Uh, they've only won one outright championship uh, in 80 odd years or something I'm sure Nasha is on hand who would tell me exact <laughs> figure um, and then they were left to wait on, on whether Somerset could provide a roadblock uh, for, for Warwickshire uh, down in Taunton um, and they, they couldn't I mean it, 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 one one of the things about this um, this common system or this summer it, it was quite open I mean Essex had, have obviously um, had a bit of a hegemony for the for a few seasons and Somerset were their main rival but Somerset were out of the equation this time Essex weren't even in the top division um, and Warwickshire sort of by dint of uh, uh, impressive all-round um, team performances you know different players at different times um, I don't think anyone scored a thousand runs and, and I think Liam Norwell's 49 wickets were, were their best uh, certainly in the champo uh, and discounting um the bob but um yeah that, you, you, i think you saw um you saw them uh, fairly early in the season at a freezing chumpsford if i remember your match report i, I uh, certainly did <laughs> I mean, did, yes. did they have the look of champions then i mean i think george was at Dar- derbyshire edgbaston for the derbyshire game which was a draw again um <laughs> not failing to beat derbyshire in your opening round it wouldn't have marked you out as the, the team uh the team that were on on a title charge but uh it, it certainly had come good by um by the end of september yeah, there was nothing. There was nothing about that that Chelmsford match that was pointed to anything because it was, <laughs> if you recall, it was the it was the glorious reopening of yeah. of cricket grounds. The first about time spectators were allowed. Again. <laughs> well, it, it was Chelmsford. <laughs> I mean, it was preposterous. Poor Chelmsford was the, basically the one ground in the country that was completely screwed by by the re- requirement for for two way systems, two way traffic to allow spectators to pass uh, safe safe distances between one another because it's built on a postage stamp uh, next to the river. Uh, there's literally, there's so many choke points around Chelmsford that 
pretty much half the half the ground was completely cordoned off. And so on that on that day, I think there were there were about thirty stewards and thirteen uh, spectators. And this, you know, George reported the story last year about how some counties didn't want to play in front of spectators because they'd lose money. I mean, Charles a classic example. They were they were losing money hand over fist for the privilege of of opening back up. It was it was miserable. But I, I digress. Yeah, all all, we, all I was doing there was watching Dom Sibley not score many runs and uh, and prove that he was a he was a, he was a roadblock. Um, yeah, there was there was no there was no real signs there. But by the end of the season, you know. Dom Sibley was back in a bit of form. Rob Yates, he he looks he just looks like a prospect, doesn't he? Just uh, what was it, five hundreds <laughs> in the season, and uh, he's only twenty one. At some stage, he'll write his dissertation on gorillas chest beating or whatever it is he's he's doing. But uh, you know, he, the world's his oyster. Frankly, he 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 more than any opener I've watched up close. Admittedly, I I haven't watched every single one up close, but he looks. He looks like he's got a fluency, a, a, a technique, and a, and, a, and a temperament that that will stand him in good stead. I mean, you know, think of some of the other candidates down the years that have come through. Someone like Sam Robson, say, always looked just looked a little bit angular, liable to get get tucked up. Um, Yates looks like a guy who 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 will be able to deal with the ball being stuck up, and because he 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 looked he looked a real prospect. That century was 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 a was a, a fitting way to. To mark what was already clearly a bit of a damp squib in the bob, um, you know, they've 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 come a long way, um, you know, in in the last couple of seasons. George obviously watched them close closer than I do, but you know, when when someone like Ian Bell moves on, decides that you know Ian Bell being the type of guy you'd imagine would never retire, Darren Stevens of batting, but then overnight he just uh, his eyes go and think, yeah, I I I need to need to get out of here, and the speed with which they've managed to to move on from from that era and obviously relegation a couple of seasons ago as well come back up and 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 get this opportunity um it's been been tremendous and you know vindication for robinson as well back in back in back mm. in service after his sacking by uh, by the women uh, not 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 the most grateful way to thank the guy who won the world cup but you know i think uh, he was saying wasn't he that uh, you know it's nice nice to prove that he's still Still a bit special, I think, were his words, weren't they, George? So uh, no, no, yeah. not he wasn't saying that he was special. It it was special because it was nice to prove that he could do the the job. He's terribly modest, <laughs> um, so he wouldn't say that he was special. But yeah, yeah, it, it was a really lovely story. He he's a um, fantastic guy to talk to. Um, yeah, uh, so it, it was really nice that he won it. And interesting, wasn't it, that they only changed things that you know they've had a lot of homegrown coaches there for a while. And they decided they needed a voice or two from outside. So there was Farby uh, as director of cricket and uh, Mark Robinson. Uh, whether Farby, a couple of predictions here, whether Farby thinks that he might like to get his hands dirty and do some coaching again. Could that happen? I think so. Uh, here's another prediction. Dom Sibley's out of contract at the end of next year and he hasn't been offered a new new one. A bit surprising. I wouldn't let mm. a top player like that get to the mm. stage where he you know, is in his last year. Which he will be from well, I suppose from now. I presume it's mm. October to October. Mm. Um, so I, I yeah, uh, but it was a terrific achievement built about around um, uh, squad depth. In Graham Welsh, they've got a very very good bowling coach. He improves bowlers very consistently over over a, a number of years. That's relevant, and there was a calmness about it. I think it helped that no one expected them to do it. Because yeah. uh, honestly, I, I think mm. I, I watched quite a lot of them actually this year. I don't know why, but I, I, I saw them a lot, and 
Uh, I saw them beat Knotts, and Knotts were the best side for nearly the whole game. And I saw them beat Essex, and Essex had been the best side <clears> for nearly the whole game. It wasn't that they didn't deserve to win, they really did, but they just <clears> clung <throat> on and then put them away at the end. It was like Nicky the goal on the, on the counter. So, um, on the break, rather. So it was, it was, um, unlikely because no one expected it until what the penultimate day of the season or something. There probably wasn't any pressure or expectation. So, um, a really good reward for playing on the sort of wickets that we pretty much want county cricket to be played on. They can be a little bit, you know, more prosaic uh, to watch. I mean, it's terribly good fun when you go and watch Darren Stevens blow a side away. <laughs> but I'm not sure it's going to help England win many test matches. So uh, Warwickshire pr- played on pretty flat, true wickets where uh, spinners were necessary, uh, where bowlers had to work and where batters could get runs if they worked hard. So, uh, you know, they, they probably deserve some reward for that as well. And, and Norwell should be a, a, an outside punt for the for the Ashes, and, and Yates, well, maybe maybe this year, maybe next year. Uh, obviously, playing uh, on the front foot in England is very difficult, uh, very different to go to Australia, and I've no, no idea how he'd fare, but there's a lot to like there. A very calm head, but it's, you know, what was the Tyson line? Everyone's calm until he punched them in the nose. <laughs> uh, hey, if, if Sam Robson had played at Edgbaston, just because you brought Sam Robson up, I wonder yeah. how many runs he'd have scored. Because Sam Robson, looks, his game looks in very good order to me. And um, and he's played on some shocking wickets, really, hasn't he? Really, or demanding wickets, I should say. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't... Um, if Robson and Yates were in the sort of Lions squad, I'd be absolutely fine with that. There we go. Uh, well, the Bears are back uh, and yeah, a Lions, Lions squad news is um, due, uh, assuming all of the, the winter plan goes ahead. The, the, the one last uh, place for us to stop on our roundup of uh, all that's going on, because uh, despite it being a fallowish week, there's, there's still an IPL happening. Uh, and there's a, <laughs> there's a World Cup starting in, well, uh, a week on Sunday, if you're concerned with the, uh, the uh, initial phase, which is featuring the likes of uh, Oman and uh, Papua New Guinea. And Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. Um, England's first match is against West Indies on October 23rd. Uh, Miller, England became aiming to become the first team to hold a 50 over and 20 over trophies at the same time. They're the number one ranked T20 team. They won nine out of 11 uh, bilateral series. But there's no Stokes, there's no Archer. Sam Curran's now been ruled out. Owen Morgan uh, doesn't seem to be able to buy a run in the, in the UAE. Um, where's it all going to end up? Yeah, I mean, best laid plans and all that. There was there was a period. Um, I remember making the argument uh, back in would have been February, wouldn't it? When when all the all the kerfuffle about rest and rotation was cropping mm. up, and I was making the argument that that I can fully, I can genuinely, <coughs> genuinely speaking from a point of view as someone who uh, loves Test cricket, but actually you know appreciates that when it comes to global events, the notion of England winning a World Cup is such a rarity that you you really should throw everything you got at it. And back at, back in those dim and distant days when it looked like the the World Cup would go ahead in India, the same venue where England had obviously come come a cropper in the final, but had put up a good showing, and you know the IPL and all the other guys who'd gone out there and applied their trade and looked like they would be able to really put up a fight and maybe win a World Cup in India and defend defend uh, you know become the first team to hold two at once. It looked as though putting all of the eggs into that basket, into that white ball basket, made sense. But what has happened since uh, the the general destitution, devastation, and, and chaos that has that has kicked in through uh, through the course of 
endless upheaval. Um, I don't really give England a prayer anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, losing losing Ben Stokes. I honest, honestly, I I I actually think it might help England to have a better balance within their team because they've got uh, you know quite knowing quite where to place him was a tricky thing. He's he's a guy who likes to build into a start, a bit like David Milan, to be honest. But again, David Milan is a guy who who is forever under scrutiny. So, you know, not having Stokes to sort of queer the pitch when it comes to England, just selecting basically the best seven hitters they can find and then have a couple of them who can bowl a bit and throw it all in the mix, it might help, help to clear things up. But, you know, judging by, as you mentioned, Owen Morgan's returns, um, UAE's pitches haven't been the most uh, friendly for this second leg of the IPL. Um, this word word I heard is that they've left a fair bit of grass on them, probably in a in a in a futile bid to ensure there's a little bit of juice left in them for the main event in 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 a month's time. But I suspect this tournament is going to be played out on some dead, slow, low, exhausted, horrid wickets that will favour favour flat darting spinners and, and guys who, who can who can maxi ball it out of the pitch. Um I'm not convinced it's gonna play entirely to England's favours, uh, in a way that perhaps it might have done if if, if all had gone to plan. Or actually, more to the point, if all had gone to the original plan, which of course was this World Cup would have been in Australia. And I would imagine that, you know, if this World Cup had been played, what was it, this time last year, in Australia, as was the plan before COVID uh, I suspect that, you know, judging by England's returns in the BBL, um, they would have smashed it. They certainly got the runs uh, to give themselves a chance, and I suspect they'd have had the bowlers to defend them as well. So, um, missed opportunity perhaps, and is it is it a, a bridge too far for Owen Morgan? I mean, I, I'm the last person in the world to write him off, but uh, you do wonder whether whether it's, you know, it's, it's coming up for three years now since it's the World Cup, and... Um, I don't know. All, all good things come to an end, don't they? It's uh, uh, class is permanent, as A.B. de Villiers said, but uh, at some stage, uh, returns do fall off a cliff a bit. Well, his, you... logic, his logic there, <coughs> the, the, the longer it goes mm. without scoring runs, the closer I am to getting them or something. I like that. Optimistic. Well, it is. I mean, I yeah. suppose, is there a logic there? I mean, by that <laughs> logic, you know, WG Grace has got a big score around the corner. I, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, I was going to say, have you have you got any optimism to bring to the party here? Is is it Liam Livingstone's tournament? Um, could be Georgia, or, uh, or could be uh... absolutely, absolutely could be. I mean, he, he's so valuable to England because he performs well in a role that they they have had very few people. That's the role that Ben Stokes should have been able to fill, maybe you know. Um, coming in a bit later and smashing it. That, that's one of the reasons why the Joss Butler position is is still somewhat controversial because England have loads of people who can bat up front and very little people who can bat at the death. So, you know, particularly if Owen is not is not at his best. Look, I, personally, I think Joffre is a is a colossal loss. Um, the, the other thing, as an observation, I can barely face making it because of the repercussions there will be, but. It is another example, isn't it, that, that of the IPL's influence um, hitting the rest of cricket, isn't it? Because I'm very worried about the surfaces. Now, maybe, I, I, look, I haven't researched this in huge detail. Maybe they're keeping quite a lot back and maybe they've got a great plan, but the pitches already look tired. Uh, and, and you wonder when they're getting the chance to work on them, when they're getting the chance to water them. I don't know. It, it would be a shame if what is meant to be a sort of uh, feast of short form cricket becomes cagey, low scoring, 
uh, dominated by sort of quite negative bowling and negative tactics. Uh, you Sounds know, a bit like I think, really, doesn't it? <laughs> well, uh, you know, pitches are so important. Um, I thought that some some games in the hundred and the blast, actually the blast in particular this year, were improved considerably by the use of uh, the hybrid pitches. Mm. Uh, I would, you know, use them a lot more. And, and, and it's tough for bowlers, but you know, short form cricket is, and and it's consistent and fair. So uh, I'd be a bit worried about uh, the spectacle we're going to see because it is, you know, it is there to sort of be the shop window of the game, isn't it? Um, and everything is always compromised to make room for the IPL, which seems to have more windows than a greenhouse in recent times. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I can barely face saying it because. Some people will, will think I've just said, you know, maybe Britain should go back to India. Maybe the East India Company is the future. Uh, that's, you know, very clearly not what I'm saying. But I am saying that uh, the compromises made to accommodate it are substantial. And you have just put that statement out there on audio for anyone to cut. Oh, yeah, you can and, cut and, it. And just re- cut and, it. And, yeah. East India Company, that's re- the future. Repackage in any form. Uh, so... Well, you yeah. joke, but, but don't, it, don't it, do it will that, happen. People. Don't don't even think about that. <laughs> um, well, and and if you know ninety for nine on a dust bowl doesn't uh, get the game uh, growing in the Netherlands, then I, I don't know what will. Um, Let, let's have a guess who's going to be the next chair of the ECB. <laughs> uh, John Cleese. Unlikely, but I mean <laughs> they're all unlikely, really. I, 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 no, Gary really, Lineker. I, Gary Lineker. <laughs> he likes his cricket. He's got a profile. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I've honestly no idea. Maybe I wondered about Lord Patel. <laughs> well, 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 I wondered about someone like Lord Patel or or even Ian Botham. They could go that oh, way. God. Well, <laughs> Lord, Lord, yes. Lord Botham, whatever he is. That'd be hilarious. John Major. <laughs> that's, that's not, that's that not the worst sensible, yeah. Well, I have no yeah. idea. He might not want to do it. Did I tell you that um, I was at Guildford well, a few weeks ago? He got produced in his last role, didn't he? At, uh, yeah, he did, the, yeah. And he came up to me and he said... Yeah, out of the blue, he said, "What would you do about Eritrea?" <laughs> <laughs> to which I thought Eritrea must be in all sorts of trouble if he's asking me. Um, I said I'd bomb it. Isn't that the British way? <laughs> maybe, he, maybe have... he meant, do, "Do they need a spinner?" I, 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 honestly, <laughs> I have no idea. He didn't listen actually to my answer, which is probably wise. But it must be in all sorts of trouble if he's wandering around to the press tent at Guildford and asking cricket journalists what they do about Eritrea. Yeah. And also, what's it got to do with him at this stage? <laughs> it's just a very concerned man. Um, <laughs> no, I, let, let's leave it there. Um, <laughs> I don't think any of us have got a good answer to that question. Um, hopefully no, that let was- us know. Come on, email <laughs> yeah, in. Well, yeah, Tell exactly. us on Twitter, what would you do about Eritrea? People out there, bat first. <laughs> better, uh, better answers are more likely to answer it than we are. Um, hopefully, that was enough at least to keep you diverted while queuing for petrol. Shortages are one thing cricket doesn't have to worry about. Fingers crossed, our winters will be filled with men's and women's ashes, and not the prospect of retraining to become HGV drivers. We'll be back for more soon. Uh, until then, my thanks to Miller and George, and to you all for tuning in to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCricketInfo.com. <laughs>